to start out just by taking a, a moment to recognize someone um, who, who passed away this past week, who's been a very influential person in the evangelical church world, and that's Tim Keller. Um, pastor Tim Keller, uh, for those of you that don't know, was a um, pastor at Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. He founded that church specifically to reach skeptics to reach those agnostics and young professionals and people in the city who weren't sure that this Christian thing had any relevance anymore. And he made it relevant um, by speaking the truth, speaking the gospel. He never wavered from the gospel, but also was able to speak so respectfully, so winsomely about why we believe and how it's really sensible to believe, how it is intellectual to believe, how it makes sense to walk with Jesus. Um, I love one of his quotes he never wavered from the gospel, and he used to be known to say, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And it's such a great truth. And so I just, um, I, I just wanted to recognize him. There's very few um, pastors who I feel have made such a broad impact on the world and his writings. Um, I know in our own family, we have family members who came back to Jesus because of Tim Keller. Um, and I know that, you know, hundreds, probably thousands have as well. He ended well. He had three years ago, he got the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. Um, and before that, he had written a book about, I forget what it was called. I think it was, might have been called Death or something like that. Um, a book about facing the end because he'd spent a lot of time as a pastor with people and their deathbeds and so on. He said, but then he got this diagnosis. <laughs> and he said the book sat there on his desk and he had to think about, am I going to read this book that I wrote? <laughs> to other people about how to face death when I'm facing it. Um, but he did, and he really ended well. He kept saying at the end, I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. Um, there's all, he said, it's only upside for me. <laughs> I, I either stay or I go and I get to be with Jesus. And what a word. So I just wanted to just take a moment to honor him um, because I, I feel like, again, uh, we have so many examples of pastors who go awry, and this is one who ended well, who finished well. So let's just say a moment of prayer. Lord God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for the impact of this, this man on the gospel, Lord. And we don't, we don't worship a person, Lord, but we are just thankful for the way you worked through this person. And we just pray that it would inspire us, Lord, to be winsome in our faith, to talk about our faith, to keep to the gospel, Lord, to finish well, Lord, when we're faced with hard things, Lord. Help us to take that as an example that someday we all get to so see Jesus. And, Lord, we're so grateful for that. I pray for their family, Lord, and, and all the people um, who have worked with him over these years, Lord. Be with them in their, in their, in their sorrow. And, Father, I pray now that you would open up our, our hearts to your word, Lord, to what you have for us today. We are thankful that you are speaking to us. Lord, you've already been here, present in this place. Lord, you're doing healing. Um, you're drawing us to yourself. And so we just pray, keep more, Lord, more, Lord, more of your Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So are you waiting for something? Is there something that you've just been praying for, you're waiting for? Maybe it's an answer to prayer. Maybe it's a job to come through. Maybe it's a medical situation to resolve. I know about that. I'm waiting for a medical situation to resolve. Is there a relationship that you're waiting to be restored? Or are you confused about anything? Not sure what to do next. Not sure what direction to go um, not sure what you're meant to be doing next. Or maybe you're feeling weak. Not sure you're going to be able to do what is in front of you to do. Maybe you're feeling underpowered physically or mentally. 
or even spiritually, or maybe just kind of overwhelmed with life. Or maybe today you're feeling in need of help, that you're just it's not sure you're going to be able to manage it all on your own, and you may need some help. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where the Holy Spirit can work in your life. It's exactly where he shines when we need him, when we are at our weakest, when we say yes to him. And so he's here today, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're continuing in our Pentecost series uh, about the coming of the Holy Spirit and how it affects each one of us. And when you think about the moment of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, the disciples were sitting, and they were in exactly that place. Because first of all, they were waiting. They didn't know what was happening next. Jesus said to them, go to Jerusalem, don't leave, just wait for the Holy Spirit. And they're like, what, what's that going to be? Like, how, what's that going to look like? They didn't know what was coming next. They were also somewhat confused, if I had to guess. Jesus had died. He'd risen from the dead. He'd even appeared to them. But what were they supposed to do next? They didn't really have their marching orders, per se. What were they supposed to do next? They were confused. And if I had to guess, they were probably also pretty weak. If you think about the fact that they just watched their master and, and rabbi crucified by Rome so easily. And so how easily could the same happen to them if they continued their work? Who are they to stand against the hard hand of Rome? And so I'm guessing there was some weakness and some, some fear even as to what might be next for them. And so it was when the disciples were in this place waiting and confused and fearful and weak, yet it was the, when the Holy Spirit came. And he changed the world. He changed them and through them uh, impacted the rest of the world. And so uh, next week we're going to have a special, special treat. We're going to be listening to a message from doc, um, our, our national director, Jay Pathak, uh, along with all the other vineyard churches that have been doing the Pentecost series. And so he's going to talk very specifically about that day, about Pentecost. Next week, next Monday is Pentecost. It's the day. And so he's going to be speaking uh, to us uh, via video, and so we're going to have that. But today what I want to focus on is how the Holy Spirit is here for us right now, today, in where, what you're going through, in the weakness, in the confusion, that he's it's exact, you're exactly where he can find you, okay? You're not lost. He's right here with you, and he's meant to come and to be our comforter and our advocate and our guide. And I want to read to you from John 14, 16 to 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit this morning is in you. He's with you forever. You never have to doubt if you have a comforter available to you, if you have someone to guide you in your confusion. He's always here with us. And so where does that take us? Well, I want to talk for a moment about the gifts of the Spirit. So a few weeks ago, George did a great message on the gifts of the Spirit. And those gifts of the Spirit, as we know, if we were listening, and if you didn't, you should go back and listen to his message, that we are all given gifts from the Holy Spirit. And those gifts are given to each one of us. If we know Jesus, you have a gift of the Spirit. Even if you have one, even if you have five or ten, you have gifts of the Spirit that God gave you to do his work. And some of the gifts, these are not all of them, but are things like prophecy, tongues, healing, miracles, teaching, preaching, evangelism, pastoring, service, mercy, craftsmanship, hospitality. There's many more. In fact, if you want the whole list, I, I have a printout right there that I just randomly put on the thing there. I don't know why. But anyway, you can go grab that if you want to get a full list. There's some of the scriptural, um, scriptural references for those fruit of the Spirit. And those are so important. But guess what? There's another list in the scriptures that has to do with the Spirit. 
and it's a list of the fruit of the Spirit. We don't as much talk about the fruit of the Spirit often, um, but the fruit of the Spirit, if you know, uh, my son was home for a few uh, few days this past week, and he knew the fruit of the Spirit like that. He has a little song they learn in Sunday school, and some of you probably have a little song too. That's how we can rattle them all off. And so here they are. The, in fact, we can say them all together. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know these. We've been taught them if we went to any kind of Sunday school at all. But do you ever notice that we actually like talking about the gifts more than we like talking about the fruit? Okay, the fruit are a little sexier. I don't know. They're just like, like more fun. They're a little more crazy, right? And so I understand this, right? We want words of knowledge. We want um, prophecy. We want healing. Of course we want that. In fact, the, the scripture tells us to desire these things. So it's not bad that we really want to see the, the gifts of the Spirit and evidence. But what about the fruit? God says, I want to see fruit of the Spirit in you as well. Because just as powerful moves of the Spirit can be shown through the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, so too the glory and the goodness of the kingdom of God can be shown through the beautiful fruit of the Spirit when it's evidenced in the body of Christ. Amen? The beautiful, beautiful fruit of the Spirit. Both show the glory of God, the goodness of God. They work together in, in showing what the kingdom of God is meant to be like. In fact, I'm going to go so far as to say this. If you don't see much love or joy or peace or kindness or self-control in a church or in its people, then I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit's not there. I don't care who's getting healed. Okay, I don't think the Holy Spirit is Lord of that place if you don't see the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit within us, inside us, walking inside us. We need these fruit. We need to live in that way that honors God. And this is how when you're confused and you're weak and you're uncertain about what's next, the Holy Spirit comes to you, what, with patience and with faithfulness and with self-control and with joy even in the midst of all that. That's what the fruit of the Spirit. So this is what I want to dwell on today just for a few minutes in, in one of our last seri uh, sermons on the Holy Spirit, that we shouldn't just seek the gifts of the Spirit in ourselves or in others without also being formed by the fruit of the Spirit. Can I say that again? <laughs> that we should not seek the gifts of the Spirit in ourselves or in others without also being formed by the fruit of the Spirit. And let's admit it, sometimes, church, we can be kind of gullible, can't we? We see someone who's incredibly gifted, whether there's someone in person, someone on TV, people are getting healed, there's prophetic words, there's words of knowledge, and we're so wowed by all that, right? I mean, it's so cool. Wow, this is the Spirit of God. This is amazing, right? And, we, and so we, we kind of just get sucked in because we see all of these gifts. Without bothering to ask the question, what about the fruit? Is there fruit coming out of this person, out of this ministry? And how many times, and I'm sad to say how many times, especially in recent months and years, how many times do we find out that that same person who was so amazing out in front, we see behind the scenes that they were abusive to their staff, harassing the women, cheating on their wives or husbands, they were cooking the books, whatever. We find out, it's almost a joke, right, that we see these pastors who are seem so gifted, and yet the fruit is absent. 
And so for all those people who were supposedly saved or healed by their ministry, just as many are falling away from the faith because of how discouraging that is, how much that makes us all doubt, is any of this real, right? And so the dysfunction in the church, at least in part, many reasons for dysfunctions in the church, but one of the reasons for dysfunctions of the church is because we seek the gifts without also looking for the formation of the fruits. Let's be this kind of church that loves the gifts of the Spirit. We welcome them. We, we make space for them, but we are seeking the fruit to be born and to be evidenced in our lives, in every one of our lives, in our leadership's lives, in every person who comes anytime, that this is where we want to see. The fruits are what we see. One way we could put this is that the gifts are what we see on the outside, but the fruit's what we see on the inside. What comes out when no one else is looking. That's the fruit of the Spirit. There's a scripture that's often read at weddings that actually speaks directly to this. We probably don't think about it because it's kind of a wedding verse. Um, but it's from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, and it says this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love. Listen to all those gifts that person has. Move mountains, they have prophecy, they can fathom the mysteries, but don't have love. What does it say? Nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to the hardship that I may boast, but have not love, I gain nothing. This person with all these gifts yet doesn't have love, the first of the fruit that's mentioned, um, it is nothing. We can operate even powerfully, amazingly in the gifts, but without fruit, it's nothing. So if you see a leader, either here or someone else, that's operating in gifts, but there's no fruit, run the other way. And in your own life, let us seek the gifts. Come to take a spiritual gifts test. We'll have them in a few weeks, probably. Another, I'll probably do another session in a few weeks to, to do a spiritual gifts test. Find out your spiritual gifts. Operate in your spiritual gifts. But of, of all things, ask the Holy Spirit to begin to birth fruit in you. Birth fruit in you. How powerful is that? If we were a people operating the gifts with the fruit of the Spirit, that's powerful. You often get one or the other in churches. I don't know why that is. We tend to be lopsided. Um, but if we would operate in both, in both the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. So how do we do this? Uh, we want to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. And the scripture talks about walking in the Spirit. This is kind of the phrase that's used often. When you talk about how do you begin to, to have the fruit of the Spirit kind of start to birth in your life? How do you walk? How do you be with the Spirit? It's to walk by the Spirit. And here's this. The fruit are similar to the gifts in this way. They only come from the Spirit. They don't come through human effort. This is where we get a little messed up. We think, I got to do better. I'm not very patient. I got to do better. This is not how the fruit of the Spirit comes to you. We can try and try and try. <laughs> I can remember as a young mom, and every morning I would say to God, I am going to be a patient mom today. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be gentle with my children. And I'm gonna, it's going to be a sweet, calm household. And then by about 10.30 a.m. Now listen, I have three boys, okay? So you try it, all right? Uh, it, but... By 10.30 a.m., I'm already screaming at them. <laughs> I'm already so angry. I've already sent one to their room. And it's already in chaos. I just couldn't get it right. 
here's a truth that you can take home, okay? This is a truth that you can take home with you. As long as you think it's you who's going to produce the peace and the patience and the kindness, you will not get it right. Can someone say amen to that? It's hard to figure that out. We keep thinking, I just got to be more patient. And it just doesn't work, does it? And it's hard to figure out then how, how God, how do I let the Holy Spirit birth that in me? It's hard in the moment to figure that out. Let me tell you something that may help. That's a little interesting fact about this passage that not everyone knows. The word fruit in this passage is singular. In the original language, it's not fruits of the Spirit. It's fruit. Now, right before it, there's a description of all the bad things you shouldn't do. And there's a whole list of things, right? But then it says, but the fruit, one fruit. And then it lists all these things that are the description of that fruit. Interesting. Interesting, right? All these things, one fruit, patience, kindness, goodness, all of this is the fruit, one fruit. And so what this means is the fruits come to us together. Tim Keller, I had to quote him today in his honor, but Tim Keller calls them symmetrical. They come all together in you. As you are walking in the spirit, God begins to birth and bring all the fruit because it's one fruit. It's the fruit. It's the evidence of the spirit. It's all of these things beginning to evidence in your life. In fact, if you see only one or the other, Let's say you're super gentle, just so gentle, but you got no patience, you got no self-control, you got no joy. <laughs> Probably you're just a really gentle person. <laughs> Probably, you know, that's just your personality trait. Now, there's, that's great. God can work with a, with a gentle personality. That's beautiful, okay? But it's not necessarily a fruit of the Spirit, okay? It's just something that maybe comes a little bit more naturally to you. On the other hand, some of you may work really hard at a certain fruit, right? You're like, I am going to be self-controlled. That's what I am. And you, man, I know some of you are way more self-controlled than I am. And so you're self-controlled, but you know, you find that there's, again, no joy, no peace. Again, we can work really hard and get get some of the fruit working for us, right? We can really work hard. We could try, but it's a little bit like you can't ever get them all working at the same time. You ever tried that? You know, it's like a little bit like whack-a-mole, right? You know, you, you get, you, you hit down that, that joy one. Okay, I'm, I'm joyful. You hit down the joy one, and what pops up over here? Patience, not very patient. You know, and then you hit down that one. Oh, no, I'm not very self-controlled. You can't get them all whacked down at once. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying here? This is because it's all human effort, okay? Some good can come of human effort. I won't say no good can come of it, but it's all from human effort. When we're filled with the Spirit and walking with the Spirit, all of the fruits, singular, are going to begin to manifest by the power of God, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, not by might, not by human power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And they manifest slowly, imperfectly, surely, but God is working them all into our being as we continue to yield to him. So I have good news for you. And I know you don't fully believe me, but this is the truth. That if the spirit of God is truly in you, you are already being changed. God is working in you to grow the fruit of the spirit as you walk with him as you listen to him, as you yield to him, he is growing the fruit of the spirit 
in you, all of the fruit. It's, it's growing in you. One commentator put it this way, the word fruit is singular, indicating that these qualities constitute a unity, all of which should be and will be found in every Christian community and every believer who lives under the control of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, we do have to do something, okay? We don't just lie around and fruit fall on us. Um, you're not lying on a thing and grapes are falling, you know, coming over your, your mouth. No, we have to do something, but that something is to walk with the Spirit. It's simply to walk with Him. It's simply to begin to not try harder with our will, but it's starting to listen to where the Spirit's going, to lean on Him. I love the way Dave Tackle puts this in his forming class, which if you haven't taken yet, um, when next time it's offered, you should offer. In many ways, it's about rowing in the, in the fruit of the Spirit. And it's, he uses this analogy that you can try rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing and rowing to do the Christian life well. And you may get somewhere, a little bit, but it's exhausting, right? It's trying, like trying to be patient day after day after day when you're living with someone who's very trying on your patience, right? Good luck with that. But he then switches the image to one of sailing. When you put up your sail and you let the Holy Spirit begin to carry you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dave, for that beautiful image. We begin to sail with the Spirit. This is how it is with the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit if we want to start to see the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be listening to the Spirit, walking with him. Holy Spirit, where are you guiding me? Holy Spirit, how do you want me to interact with this person? Holy Spirit, where do, where do you want me to go? Holy Spirit, I'm going to stop before I say anything because I think I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to just listen. Walk with the Spirit. How do you walk with somebody? You go side by side, and you talk about things. And you, you ask, hey, which way should we go? You know, where are we going? What are we going to do next? What are we having for lunch? You talk with the Spirit. You walk with the Spirit. You let his wind carry you. And as we do that, and as we listen, and as we have to obey sometimes, right, when the Spirit says, uh-uh, 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 don't go that way. You say, all right, I kind of wanted to go that way, <laughs> but I won't go that way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the way you want me to go, Spirit. And suddenly we're going to see what the fruit of the Spirit begin to get born in our life. This is how it is. That's the work we must do. And so I want to just give you just a couple quick things about walking with the Spirit. That the Scripture gives us these, these words which help us to walk with the Spirit. The first one is this idea of keeping in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, the same one that gives us the list of the fruit of the Spirit, ends with this. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So are you in step or out of step with the Spirit? I'm going to argue it's not really hard to figure that out. Just ask someone who lives with you <laughs> and who loves you, but they say it nicely. <laughs> But if, if your loved one says to you, you know, you're touchy lately. You seem to fly off the handle in anger all the time. Or you're really struggling. You know, you're drinking a little more than you used to drink. What's that all about? Have you ever a loved one that says, you, you know, you've been rough with the kids lately. You haven't been that gentle with them. Or can you show me love a little more? I haven't seen love. Boy, there's a couple of those and you say, wow, I don't think I'm in step with the spirit. 
it's okay to find out that we're not in step with the Spirit. That's why he says, get in step. Get in step. Begin to start to listen. And if you relate to anything I just said, the solution is not to be, all right, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to start rowing harder. No. No, the solution is to say, Holy Spirit, I want to be in step with you. Open my ears to start to listen to you. When I'm getting rough with the kids, to stop. Just to keep my mouth shut, to step back. When I'm not being that loving, when I'm getting touchy, help me, Holy Spirit, help me. I need you to start to change my reaction. Only God can do it. It's a moment-by-moment thing. A verse that meant a lot to me, uh, especially many years ago when my kids were younger, um, it's still an important verse to me, Romans 8, 6. says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And I like that word governed. It's governing your mind. Um, and if I'm not experiencing life and peace, then one has to ask, is the spirit governing my mind or something else governing my mind, right? Kind of interesting. Um, I've spoken many times about the fact that when my kids were younger, I struggled with a lot of anxiety, and particularly it was anxiety around dread, something happening to them, something bad happening to them. I was always dreading something happening, and I, and I couldn't get that out, and so it was, it was causing me a lot of anxiety. And it, God led me to this verse and said, who's governing your mind? Is it the dread? Is it normal? These are normal mother worries. But are you letting that govern your mind, or am I governing your mind? And so literally it became a day-to-day thing. Hour by hour, sometimes 10 or 20 times a day, whenever my mind would start to go the dread path and the worry path, I would hear the Holy Spirit say, okay, who's governing your mind? And I would begin to start to try to submit my mind to the Holy Spirit instead. Help me think on you and trust you. And you know what? I got a testimony this morning because God's word is true and the Holy Spirit is real. And he took away that dread. It's gone. I mean, I got other things I worry about, I'm sure. But, you know, that dread is gone because the Holy Spirit began to govern my mind in that area. This is the work we do. This is how we walk with the Spirit. This is how we keep in step with the Spirit. One writer put it this way, The solution to the flesh is not found in fighting the flesh, but in welcoming the Spirit. Think about that today, church. If there's a place where you're fighting the flesh, can you welcome the Spirit into that place? Can you just welcome the Spirit into that place? The second thing I want to talk about, we talked about being in step with the Spirit. The other phrase that's used a lot in Scripture is being led by the Spirit. I like this, this idea too, Romans 8, 13 to 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And I love that the image he's using here is of a child. Okay, Abba is like, is like saying Daddy. Okay, he's using this image of a child, the imagery of, of, of calling out to their daddy. And you know what this means to you and me? means we got to get humble because we're children we're really children i don't care how, how old you are in jesus or how, how old you are in years we're children we're children and if we're going to be led by the spirit um we have to recognize that and we don't like that as adults we like to think i got it together i'm good you know i mean i could change i could 
improve, but you know, I, I've got it together. We don't like to, to bother. How many of you, when someone says to you, let me know if I can help you in any way, and you think, say to them, thank you so much, and inside you say, I will never ask them for any help. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> it's because we don't want to be the one, we, we don't mind giving to everybody else, but we don't want to receive, right? Because we, that, that makes us like a child, that makes us the humble one. And none of us like that, okay? We're, we're adults, we're human beings, but this, is, this is passage is telling us that we need to be led like a child. That this is going to be how we grow in our faith, is to recognize I, I bring nothing to the table. <laughs> I need Jesus. I'm, I'm a child. Um, it's kind of like a child... You know, just to cross the street, they got to raise up their hand and hold on to their daddy to cross the street safely. And do you know that you and I have to hold on to the hand of our daddy to do anything well in this world, to grow in any kind of fruit or gifting of the Holy Spirit? We need to hold on to our daddy. Where is God calling you today to humble yourself and to call out to him like a child? Say, God, I've been trying to get this right for so long, but Abba, Abba, I'm holding on. Would you lead me across the street? Would you lead me this way? Whether it's I'm, 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 I'm out of control. When things are out of control, I just get all stressed out. I get all crazy. That's the moment to say, oh, Holy Spirit, Abba, Father, I'm holding on. Help me just to watch. Or maybe when we're struggling with a temptation that just keeps coming back over and over again, have we reached out our hand and said, Abba, Watch me across the street. I can't do this on my own. It's good to be a child, don't you think? <laughs> Especially when we got such a great dad. <laughs> what a good, good father we have. Galatians 5, 16, 18, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I wanted to share this verse with you about being led by the Spirit. Because I think this is such a hopeful verse. Because Paul is saying to you and to me, we're, you know, walk by the Spirit. But there is a war going on, mind you, between your flesh and the Spirit. Still going on. There's going to be a fight there. But then he says these words, you're not under the law. It's almost as though he knows you're going to mess up sometimes. It's okay. We're children after all. But he's saying, keep up the fight. All right? There's, there's a war within you, the flesh and the spirit. So be led by the spirit. Walk with the spirit. Listen to the spirit. Try to follow the spirit. And when you fail, come running right back to the spirit. There's no condemnation. Do you know what Romans says? It says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you fail, there's no condemnation. He's saying, just get up back up and follow the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Hold out your hand to the Father God and let him walk you across the street. You're his child. And there's no condemnation. We can lay aside all that guilt and shame and the way we beat ourselves up when we fail. And we say, no, I'm just, I'm a child. I don't get mad at a child when he falls. You can say, come on, sweetie, let's go. And you raise him back up again. That's what God wants to do for you as well. As we're led by the Spirit. I want last one last thing to say about walking with the Spirit. And this is that we have to allow time for the fruits of the Spirit to grow. 
something that's often, not often said, but it's probably true. One of the reasons maybe that we kind of prefer a little bit the gifts of the Spirit over the fruit of the Spirit is because the gifts seem to come a little faster. (laughs) Okay, if you've got a gift of prophecy or teaching or whatever, I mean, you know, you could probably start at the hospitality. You could probably start executing in it right now. Now, of course, you can get better at it as you go along. Hopefully, I've gotten better in the 20 years I've been teaching than I was at the beginning. You can grow in your gifting, but, um, you know, they're they're more, it seems like they're more readily available. Fruit, on the other hand, oh, man, (laughs) they take forever. (laughs) Any of us older saints still working on patience? Anybody still working on (laughs) patience? I mean, it's hard. Fruit takes a long time to develop, but fruit is a harvest. Think about fruit. Fruit grows on an apple tree or a peach tree. or And it's a harvest, and harvest takes a long time. In fact, for a long time, you don't see anything, do you? Plant that seed. It's like nothing's happening. <laughs> and then you get a little seedling, and you think, how long is it going to be till that thing is an apple tree and produces me an apple? It takes a long time for fruit to come. But here's the thing. It grows when you don't see it, but it's growing. When the Holy Spirit is the gardener, it's growing. It's a little bit like when somebody comes to visit you and they haven't seen your kids in a while, and they look at your kids and you're like, wow, you've really grown. <laughs> and, and you're like, I didn't even really notice because they've been right here under my face the whole time. And, and yet then you look back at a picture from a year or two ago and you're like, oh, they were babies back then. What happened, right? It's the same with fruit. But it's growing. It's growing even when you don't see it. In fact, you may wonder if you're growing at all. You may think, I don't feel any more gentle or patient or kind or, or loving than I ever have been. But yet God is working. If you are walking with the Spirit and you're listening to the Spirit, and you're trying to allow the Spirit to fill you and walk in that and, and keeping in step with the Spirit, guess what? The Spirit is growing fruit in you. It's like the song says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. He's working in you. How encouraging is that? He's working fruit in you. He's growing fruit in you. And you know how you figure that out is sometimes you end up in a situation, and it was a difficult situation, and you, and you handle it or whatever, and then you look at yourself and you think, Gee, wow, a year ago, I would have handled that very differently. <laughs> and that means God's done a work in you. He's been working in you. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? So you can see it if you will allow yourself to step back and see what God is doing in you. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's how fruit grows. And sometimes it grows in big bursts, and sometimes there's a long period where it seems exactly the same. But God is growing the fruit in you. In you. So church... Keep on keeping on. (laughs) Keep trusting. Keep asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you and give yourself a little grace. You're getting there. We're all getting there. I had such a bad attitude in the hospital. I mean, just the worst of attitudes. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I got some things to learn. And yet he's growing. He's growing me. He's growing each one of us. And we don't see it always. His word means Keep on being filled. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And this word means keep on being filled. It's a continuing word. Not just once, but keep on being filled. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to keep on being filled. And we do that in community together. We help each other. We encourage each other. We sing songs to one another. We we pray for one another. And that's how we begin to grow. 
and to keep on being filled. So let's go back to the beginning to where I started. If you're waiting on the Lord, if you're confused, if you're weak or in need of help, and I said you're right where the Holy Spirit can find you. This is what he, where, where he excels is when we need him, when we recognize we need him. And I think sometimes it's better when we recognize that we get humbled. I love this uh, last scripture from, from David, from Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. See, David had been in a desert. There was no wa- literally no water. So he was parched. And he was seeing how that's how my spirit is for God. And so perhaps today some of you have grown parched. Maybe some of you feel like, I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need the water of the Spirit to fill me up. Maybe it seems to you like there hasn't been much growth. Let's water that little seedling. Let's water that fruit. Let's, let's, let's draw near to the Holy Spirit. Let's get in step with the Holy Spirit. Just as the disciples were waiting in the upper room, they were expectant. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they were expecting the Holy Spirit to come. Can you expect this morning the Holy Spirit to come right now? And also tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, every day, he is in you. He is working in you. And he is, he is bringing about, he is growing that fruit in you. So stop trying to muscle it out. Stop trying to figure it out. Call out, come Holy Spirit. You say that with me. Come Holy Spirit. Call it out. Say it again. Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We can only do this, Lord, with you. Only. We have no power in ourselves, Lord, to create the fruit of the Spirit that will bring you glory, Lord. Only you can do the work. And so we open up our spirits to you. Wind of the Spirit, blow through us. And teach us to walk with you. You're right here. In place. You're right here. Come, Holy Spirit. Take a moment right now to just invite the Holy Spirit into your life. To invite him to have more of you. Invite him to intrude into your life a little bit more. Speak to you when you're with your kids or 